Bibles today as we continue our series entitled Miracles. Turn to Acts chapter 3. The last two weeks we've been talking about miracles and we've been just talking about what has happened to all the miracles. In Judges chapter 6, there's a man named Gideon and the angel of the Lord approached him. And the first question Gideon asked the angel of the Lord, he says, where are all the miracles that our forefathers have told us about? And so we begin to answer that question, where are all the miracles? Do they still exist today? Is there something that sets us apart as the church? Is there something more than just gathering together on a Sunday morning? Is there something more than just getting together and talking about God? Is there a power available uh, from God, but also is there a power available in our lives that we can carry miracles to people? We begin to talk about that, and we want to continue that today. Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says this, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The ninth hour and A man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called Beautiful, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms, and Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Wow, a miracle took place. Look at this in Acts chapter 2, verse 43. And it says, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is is amazing. Lord, I pray that your word right now in the next few moments will come alive in this place. Lord, you touch every person, God, young and old. God, maybe here, Lord God, just visiting, maybe others checking out, looking for a church, and others that have called this their home church. Lord, I pray no matter who they are today, that God, you would bless them, and God, you would speak to them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Uh, My wife and I lived in Vegas for about three and a half years. And uh, when we were living in Vegas, we discovered this one mall. It wasn't the nicest mall, um, but it, uh, was a, it was a mall that had some discount stores in it. Um, but one of the reasons why we eventually loved going to this mall uh, was because in the center they had a porcelain carousel. And they had this carousel with a bunch of horses, and sure enough, as soon as my daughter spotted that, they wanted to go on that. Now here's the thing. They could have gone on that thing all day long and never got tired of it, Okay. Um, they just loved going to that. So without fail, every time we'd say, hey, we're going shopping, they would always, always, always ask, are we going to the one with the, with the horses? And so if we ended up there, uh, they, would always, they would always somehow find a way of getting two bucks, and we'd get them on there, two bucks for like 20, you know, milliseconds, you know, on the horse. And so we'd get them there, and they loved it. And, you know, we'd sit there and watch them, and I'd watch them go around, and every time they'd go around, they'd wave at me with a big smile, you know, and then they'd come back around, they'd wave at me with a big smile, and finally, you know, I got them to do one of these, yeehaw! Come on, somebody, right? And so here they are, man. They're riding this porcelain carousel in the middle of the mall, just going around. Not many, that many people on it, really, but, man, they loved it. And every time they go around, they have this big smile on their face, and they never seem to get tired of it. 
And, and as they went around, I'd have to ask myself this question, do they really realize that they're not on a real horse? Okay? They were so thrilled that the fact that they could sit on this, this, this porcelain carousel and just ride it around in circles yelling, yee-haw. But the reality is, is this, is that they were just going in circles, not getting anywhere, but just going around and around and around and around and around. Here today in Acts chapter 3, we see a man that, like my daughters, is really stuck in that same cycle. The Bible says that this man was lame since birth, and he was brought and laid right in front of the temple. In other words, let's put it this way. He was laid right in front of the church. So picture, if you will, now that as you came in through these doors this morning, that as you stepped foot through those beautiful orange doors, that right there, there were several lame people just kind of chilling on the pavement, okay? And you walk into church, and, and then they're asking for one thing, would you give me some money? They're beggars. Can't work. He's lame. This man has been sat there every day, the Bible says, since he could begin to beg. Lame from birth. He's now a man. We don't know how long. Let's just, let's just estimate he's 25, 30 years old. He's been sitting there for so long just begging right there at the entrance of the church. It wasn't until I took my daughters up to Washington and we had a surprise for them. We get up to Washington uh, one spring, and when we got up there, Grandpa, come on, thank God for grandparents, Grandpa had bought them a real horse. Come on, somebody. You need a grandpa like that. Grandpa bought them a real horse. And man, when they saw that real horse, they named him Lightning. When they saw that real horse, man, their eyes were boom. And and now they get to ride on this real horse. They've experienced the real deal. They've experienced the real thing. Now, every time they see that little porcelain carousel, you know what they do? Whatever. That same thing they used to ride all the time, going around in circles yelling, yee-haw. And now they go to school and they tell their friends, hey, I got a real horse. His name's Lightning. They didn't believe him, so they had to bring a picture of Lightning to school. <laughs> They're so proud of their horse. They've now experienced what it is to ride on a real-life horse that they don't want the fake anymore. Here is this man, and he is experiencing something, but he's really not progressing in life. He's not going anywhere. And in one moment, someone steps into his world and begins to show him the real thing, begins to show him the, the real power of God, that there is something more, ladies and gentlemen, than just community service to church. There is something more, ladies and gentlemen, than just a Sunday morning gathering. We can get together and, wow, worship was awesome. And, wow, the lights are okay. Come on, we're going to get some new lights soon, all right? Whatever it might be, you know, and, and wow, know that this guy, man, he experienced something real. And that is what God wants us to experience in our life on a daily basis. God wants us, just like my daughter, to say, wow, this is a real horse, forget the fake thing. Just like this guy experienced for 20-something years standing there just getting a hand out. But one day the church realized we can do more than give a hand out. We can give a hand up and we can take him to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords where they can be touched and they can be healed. I believe in miracles. Let me just give you a few definitions here real quickly. In Acts 2, verse 43, it says that many wonders, not a few, many Many wonders. What does that tell me? It tells me this, that the New Testament church should be filled with wonders and signs. This is how the New Testament church started. It wasn't started with a powwow. Come on, somebody. It was started with signs and wonders. Not just a few, the Bible says, and many wonders and signs were being done. Many of them. 
That word wonders in the Greek, the word is this, it's teros. And it means a miracle performed by someone. A miracle performed by someone. You and I could perform those miracles. The word signs in the same verse. The Greek word is simeon, meaning an unusual occurrence transcending the common course of nature. The common course of nature, what is that? The common course of nature would be for you and I as we walk through those doors today to see people sitting there begging and to reach into our pocket to see, hey man, do I have any money? Okay, here you go. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can take them out back afterwards and get them some new clothes. Maybe, maybe, we can, maybe we can, you know, feed them. Maybe we can do that. But here, signs and wonders are taking place. What, what is a sign? It's, it's going beyond the usual It's going beyond the normal. The word miracle, according to dictionary.com, is this, an effect or extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all known human or natural powers and is ascribed to a supernatural cause. Miracles, miracles, miracles. I believe that miracles, signs and wonders, are not just something of the Bible, but are something that should be a part of our lives as believers. Where else are people going to go when the doctor doesn't have an answer? Where else are people going to go when, when, when the economical structure of, a, of our culture begins to collapse? Where are they going to go? Who are they going to turn to? Ghostbusters? You and I, I believe it's all my heart, are either in a position to receive a miracle or in a position to carry a miracle to somebody. Because miracles are to be a part of the church. Miracles are to be a part of our, our everyday life. Miracles, signs and wonders, supernatural power is available to the church, it's available to us as Christ followers, but not just here, but, but as we go out there to flow out there. It's what sets us apart from everybody else. We serve an all-powerful God. When we started this series, we didn't just want to simply talk about miracles. I began to challenge people, hey, if you need a miracle, I want you to begin to pray for it. Not only that, if you need a miracle, go ahead and write it down, give it to me, and I'm going to begin to pray for your miracle. And I want to share with you one that just took place uh, since we've started this series. Three weeks ago, a, 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 a mom came with their baby, Daphne. Daphne is about six months old. Daphne was born at seven pounds, four ounces. When she was born, she was born with some enlarged tubes to her heart. The doctors were concerned about that, number one, because it could, it could cause her not to gain weight, and number two, if she didn't gain weight, then the tubes wouldn't constrict like they need to and, and begin to shrink. So she was here, and she, with tears in her eyes, she shared us the story and said, well, we're going to pray. We're going to believe that Daphne is going to be healed. Doctors said, man, she needs to begin to put on weight, and that'll help constrict those, 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 those tubes going to her heart. So that day we prayed. On Tuesday, she went in. Daphne, for six months, did not gain weight, seven pounds, four ounces. And Tuesday, she had gained two pounds. Mom came back on Sunday, thrilled. Man, this is working. Something's happening. We prayed again on that next Sunday. Tuesday, went in, gained two more pounds. Mom was so thrilled, came back last week. We prayed again for Daphne. Once again, two pounds. Since we started praying for Daphne for six months, didn't gain any weight. But since we started praying for Daphne, God is beginning to touch that little baby girl, beautiful baby girl, and begin to do a miracle in her body. Come on, and it's only attributed to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Miracles, miracles. I've shared with you over the past couple weeks several miracles I've experienced in my own life. But I want to continue to hear your stories and what God is doing in yours. And I want to tell you this, that at the end of the day, look, we got a lot of stuff going on out there. And please stay. If you don't need anything, please at least stay for the food, because we got a ton of it, thanks to Terry. 
and she's been cooking meatballs for the last four weeks, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Stay. It's a great time just to meet people and build community. But listen, don't be in such a hurry to get out there where you miss this moment where we can pray for you and believe for your miracle. Let's just look at this story real quickly. Let me just give you a few things. I believe that there is something about this story that, that God wanted us to know. Why do I say that? Because in verse 43 of chapter 2, it says that many signs and wonders were being done. Many. More than are in, in, in Scripture. Okay? But yet this one is focused on. Why? Because I believe there's some things in here for us today that as we begin to look at and we begin to do, we'll begin to see more miracles in our lives and in our culture. To give people what they want, a miracle touch, number one, if you're a note taker, Write this down. We must be the church. We must be the church. Now that sounds maybe so easy or maybe even a little bit cliche. We must, we must be the church. What do you mean be the church? Well, here's the thing. This guy had been laid at the front of the church for many years on a daily basis. Okay? The first thing he does when he gets healed is he gets up, he goes into the temple, and he begins to jump around, and he begins to celebrate. Okay? As he's celebrating and jumping around, people look at him and say, hey, isn't that the guy that we walked by every day that was lame sitting outside? Yeah, that's him. See, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we're, we're too in a hurry to get to church or to do church that we forget to be the church. Sometimes we're in such a hurry, like, man, I got, I'm going to run in late. I got to get to church. It's first Sunday. I got to get there and make sure I get my stuff. Come on, somebody. Okay, well, okay, whatever it is, or, or maybe we're just so busy in life that we got to get to work, and, and yet every day, whether it be in a grocery store, whether it be somebody on the street, listen to me, it doesn't have to be about a, a person that can't work, it doesn't have to be about a lame person, because this scripture, ladies and gentlemen, it represents more than just a naturally lame person, it represents somebody that needs Jesus to intervene in their life, but too often times, we're so busy with our schedule, we're so busy with what we got to do that, man, daily we're just passing people by. And all of a sudden we're in church. We're just like, wait a second. Look over there. The person worshiping in the back. Wasn't that the person we saw in the nightclub on Thursday night? Not you, of course, but somebody else, right? And you're so shocked that they're in church. But Maybe. Maybe if we'd stop doing church and start being the church, we wouldn't be so shocked. Peter and John, they stopped. On the way to church, places filled, people already there. They're on the way, they stop, and rather than doing church, they become to church to that person right there. I believe with all my heart, whether it be on our job place, whether it be in our neighborhood, whether it be in a supermarket, it doesn't matter where it's at. If we would stop trying to do church and start being the church, wherever we go, we would see more miracles in our lives. There are people that need a miracle touch. In order to give them that miracle touch, we must be the church. When I read the Bible, uh, the church I see was full of power. Many miracles, signs, and wonders. Mark chapter 16. I love this verse, Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. And it says this, And all those who believe in my name and are baptized, here's what's going to happen. And it begins to lift, list off some things. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll cast out demons. <gasps> those exist? Okay. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Wow. Fantastic. All these things. And then it says this in 1620. It says, 
and I will confirm my word with signs and wonders following. What does that sound like to you? Does that sound like a church that's filled with power? That sounds a church, man. That sounds like a church that's tapped into the presence of God that can bring something to people in need. To bring a miracle touch, number two, you got to look deeper at the needs. Look at what the Bible says. So many other people just walked by this man, and they just cast it in their arms. As a matter of fact, many people probably came prepared. There was a reason why they laid him in front of the gate. Why? Because they knew that's where they're going to get money. In other words, here's the church people, and they came prepared every time. Hey, do you got some alms on you? Yeah, I got, I got some quarters. Okay? Got some quarters. Why? Well, because there's going to be people laying out in front of the church, and we just need to just walk by and just give them some money. Just show them a little love, right? Okay? So they just walk by, and they, they, don't, even take, they don't even take a moment. They don't even look at them. They just, 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 just normal. Just here you go. Here you go. Here's your handout. Here's your handout. Peter and John, though, they do something different. They stopped, the Bible says. Look, look what it says. Peter and John, about to go into the temple, stopped. He asked all of them. Peter directed his gaze at him. Now think about that word for a minute. That's not just a little glance. Let's say he directed his glance at him. John, check out the dude. There. Don't look, don't look. Just. Okay. The Bible says he directed his gaze at him. That's like those eyes that just are like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like when you did something wrong and you come home when you're younger and mom's looking at you. Oh, you never did that? That was just the pastor? Okay. I remember that look, standing at the door. It's like a little radar thing going when you walk in. I have that for my kids already. They gazed. The Bible says that John did the same thing. They looked, they gazed. What were they doing? They were looking deeper. We could just walk by this guy like everybody else. Or we could stop, we could be the church, we could see the real need. Now here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. Is that when you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus did nothing flippantly. Jesus did nothing out of routine. Everything he did had purpose. And if you look at Mark 9, 36, there was a moment when Jesus looked out at the people. He gazed out at them. He looked deep inside of them. The Bible says he was moved with compassion, for he saw the people weary and scattered, having no shepherd. John and Peter, at this point, were doing the same thing. They were looking with different eyes. They were looking with Christ's eyes. They were looking with God's eyes. Let's not just be a charity. Let's not just be a handout. Ladies and gentlemen, church has so much more to do than just community service. Man, there are so many churches getting involved in community service. Community service is great. Donate your time, man. Give. But you know what? The banks do the same thing, and they ain't churches. Are you with me? There's got to be something that sets us apart as Christ followers. And what is it? It's when we begin to look deeper and begin to see the need and not just what they're asking for. Let me finish with this. Number three. Are you getting anything today? Number three. After they fixed their eyes on him, here's the guy he's asking for. I think this is the greatest part of the whole story and one that we need to catch something from today. The greatest part of the whole story. The guy is begging and asking for alms. Could you give me some money? I, I need money. Could you give me some money? 
When they stopped and looked, they saw the need. And guess what? They did not give him what he was asking for. Point number three, we've got to stop catering to everyone's wants. They didn't give him what he's asking for. <laughs> what kind of a church is that? I mean, come on. This is, this is what I want, right? This is, this is this, hello, here's my list, here's my request. They didn't do it. What'd they say? They looked at him and said, hey, I know that you're asking for money, but we're the church, we don't have any. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> this is nobody's tithing. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's not too late. Church isn't over. You can tithe if you haven't today. <laughs> we don't have any money to give you. Silver and gold, we don't have. We don't have any of that. But they didn't stop there. They looked at said, but what we do have, we're going to give you. Okay, now I don't know what's going on in this guy's mind at the time, Okay. But I've been around some freaky, weird evangelists before. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The guy on the street witnessing to everybody, God bless them. They've got a calling. It's just not mine, okay? And you never know when you get in that kind of a situation, if you're the person asking for something, hey, money, money. Hey, we don't have any money. Oh, great, here it comes, right? But what I do have, I'm going to give you. And they looked at him and said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Listen to me, we've got to catch this. As the church, we do not have to try to keep up with the culture out there. We don't have to try to do the biggest and best charitable events. We don't have to have the coolest this or the coolest that. Matter of fact, we're not called to. We don't have to have the best video and the best media and the best website. Although our website's pretty sick if you've ever seen it. We don't have to have all of that, okay? What we are called to do is very simple, ladies and gentlemen. Go into all the world, making disciples of everyone. But yet we get caught up in catering to everybody's requests, everyone's requests. But at some point, Ladies and gentlemen, if we really want to see the miracle, listen to me. The man was asking for money, but money isn't what he needed. If he would have got the money, he would still be there until the day he died, asking for money, still lame, still unable to walk. But because the church decided to be the church rather than just do church, because the church decided to stop and begin to look deeper at somebody's need, because the church said, look, handouts are great. Man, the meal is going to be awesome. But listen to me today. What you really need is Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, in your life. For without him, all will perish. But with him, none will perish and all will come to the Father. What you need is Jesus. You don't need another handout. You don't need another charitable event. You don't need another meal, although I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. What you need is Jesus in your life. He is the way, the truth, the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. You need Jesus. They saw that this man, he didn't need more money. Money wasn't going to cure him. What he needed was someone to be relevant. You want to be culturally relevant? Get into the Word of God. You want to be culturally relevant? Begin to live this out right here. 
I got to be honest with you. I'm pretty sure that that guy thought the church was pretty relevant at that moment. Are you with me today? I mean, it's this battle in the church. We got to be culturally relevant. The Bible is culturally relevant. It always has been, always will be. We don't need to write another book. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox now. What we need is to realize that we are Christ followers filled with the power of God to go out and do good works, yes, but they will see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. There are a lot of people, a lot of churches doing good works, but no one is glorifying. Why is that? Because there's got to be an end, ladies and gentlemen, and the end has to be him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So that's why we do this afterwards. You have to listen to me preach before you go get that stuff. And if you don't, you won't get nothing. (laughs) I'm not joking. We got to give them Jesus. Peter and John said, you know what? Forget that. We're going to give them Jesus. Reached in. Crossed the cultural barrier. Grabbed him by the right hand and picked him up. See, here's the thing at church, man. We we might not have everything you want, but we do have what you need. We might not have everything you want. Well, do you have community groups? Yes, starting in January. Get over it. Well, but but do you have one that's perfect for me? Probably not. You're a unique person. Okay. Okay. Well, well, I mean, well, I mean, do you have like a singles group where I can meet like somebody hot? We got some hot people. Look around. Just make sure they're not married. All right. We might not have everything you want. We might not have the, you know, I'm looking for. Well, you know what? We might not have that. But we do have Jesus. And so, you know what? What we do have. We give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus, receive your miracle. Look, I, I, I probably, can't, probably can't cater to all your wants, nor do I want to, need to, desire to, have to. But you know what? I believe that as we stand at this altar today and you come forward, if you need prayer, I believe that God can do a miracle for you. Not only do I believe he can, I believe he will. Whether it be the miracle of salvation, you need to get right with God. Or whether it be a miracle touch in your body, your health. Whether it be a miracle touch in your marriage. I believe that God will do a miracle for you. Lastly, number four. We got to reach into their world. We got to reach into their world. Peter and John didn't just stop at the, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Oh, it didn't happen. The Bible says that he reached down, grabbed his right hand. No, it's, it's going to happen. And pulled him up. The Bible says as he was pulled up, his ankles, his joints began to be strengthened. And he ran into the temple, leaping and praising God. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to stop catering to every want and start looking at the need and start giving people what we have. But not just with our voice. It's time that we reach into their world, into their culture, and begin to grab them and snatch them out of the enemy and pull them into the kingdom of light. For there are miracles and there is life and there is life abundant for them. We need to stop as a church giving a hand out. We need to start giving a hand up so they can see the miracles of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords once again. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. God, I pray that the words that were just spoken, Lord God, over this place, God, that you would, Lord, take them, God, and cause them to make sense to the hearer. For those, God, that are here today that, that need a miracle in their life, God, I pray that you would be that miracle. Hallelujah. Just do me a favor. Close your eyes. Bow your heads. As we conclude. You're here today. And maybe you came because of first Sunday. I'm so glad you're here. And man, we are here to help and we are here to bless and we are here to meet needs of people. But let me tell you something. What you need is more of Jesus in your life. You need more of him in you. Maybe you're here today just checking out the church. Thank you so much for coming. The same is true for you. What you need is more of him. Jesus is, has been, and always will be the answer. Hallelujah. And you're here today and you say, Ben, you know what? I need a miracle. Doesn't matter what it is. Maybe you need a financial breakthrough. For some of you that are coming for things you need, I've been praying for a financial breakthrough for you. So no longer will you be the one coming and getting, but you'll be the one coming and giving. Some of you here, you need a miracle in your body. You need a miracle in your health. I'm believing for that today. Whatever your miracle is, whatever you need today, God wants to touch you. As your eyes are closed, your head is bowed, and you're thinking about your life, and say, man, yeah, I need a miracle. See, I'm believing by the end of this series, if you don't need a miracle, you're going to go bring somebody that does. 